Equipping speakers to make an impact. It's the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. With your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Carol Linden, who provides keynotes and workshops for teams in the corporate environment and is the author of The Job Seeker's Guide for Extroverts and Introverts. Let's get started. So, Carol, um, tell me, how did you get started in the speaking business? Robert, that's a funnier question than you realize because I really came in the back door. I had learned the employee attraction method as opposed to a sales method for small business owners to bring clients to them. And one of the ways you do that is you go out and you offer value for free. You give a talk, you circulate a sheet, offer to do free one-on-ones with a certain number of people who sign up. And I was doing that. And I got more and more invitations and I really enjoyed it. And then it was like, duh, I could have had a V8. I realized, wow, I could do this for a living. So I got serious about, okay, let's not just build a training and consultancy practice. Let's build a speaking visit, a speaking line of revenue and uh, get out there and enjoy doing speaking gigs. That's fascinating, Carol. When I think of how many people say they're afraid of speaking, it sounds like you fell into this thing. I like, I like this thing. <laughs> That's cool. Exactly. I, I, I get it that supposedly there are more people afraid of speaking in public than dying, which astonishes me. We've got a question later, so I won't jump ahead. But yes, there's, there's, uh, it, it doesn't scare me. I'm excited about my topic, so it doesn't scare me. And I've had some good professional help along the way too. Fabulous. Well, you know, as you've been speaking a while, and as a professional speaker, I have, we like to highlight all the great things you're doing. But let's jump to the the thing that many of our listeners may be thinking of, and you know, we we have challenges. So, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made? Number one. I did, I did something right. At first you take any and all opportunities because the more you get out there, the more you handle the nerves and the better you get and the less nervous you get about the whole thing. So at first when you're starting, just go out there and accept things right and left. But after a while, it's a mistake to continue not distinguishing between what you should take and what you shouldn't. If you're doing something for free, you should be looking at it as a business opportunity and say, okay, if I do this for free, who's going to be in the audience? And from that audience, who are my potential customers or clientele for the future? So you have to start getting discerning. And I don't think I got discerning quickly enough. Another mistake I made that I'd like to warn other speakers about, if you don't have an automatic funnel, like some people are associated with a particular kind of organization and they already have a sales funnel that's coming to them from somewhere else, they may not need things like National Speakers Association or eSpeakers. And I'm not, I'm not trying to do an advertisement for anyone. I'm just trying to be honest because I know people telling me about this helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. I've gone to National Speaker Association meetings and there were certified national speakers, which means they make buku bucks and get many bookings a year. And they speak for free at NSA events. And one woman said, I'm here for free today on my own dime because I know 
that being a part of NSA and learning what I learned here took at least five years off the growth of my business and propelled me forward. We can't learn it all on our own. So if you're a speaker, get associated with a local speaker group, look at NSA, if there's a chapter near you, join national. And if once you're really serious about booking events out there, you need, if you don't have a funnel, you need to join eSpeakers because that gets you on the radar of umpteen speakers bureaus all over the country. I didn't learn that until late in the game and I wish I'd learned that earlier. Interesting. So those tools have proven successful for you, both from a relationship and building the business for you? Oh, absolutely. And the local speakers group I'm a part of actually has taught me as much, if not more, as the NSA meetings. So I will tell you, I've learned incredibly valuable things at the NSA meetings, things that would take you a long time to learn on your own. But somebody who's been down that path can tell you that. So you, you actually strike a chord with me of, of suggesting some of these. One of the ones that I often get is, should people join a Toastmasters? Any thoughts about that? I will honestly tell you, I'm not a Toastmasters person. Getting up and giving a series of particular kinds of talks to satisfy requirements does not appeal to my personality type at all. That said, I know several excellent speakers who have used Toastmasters to help them get there. So I highly recommend people look into Toastmasters because I know people who do extraordinarily well and rave about how much Toastmasters, I mean, really successful making a lot of money people who rave about how much Toastmasters has helped them. Fabulous. I appreciate that insight. Let's talk about um, when you have a speech that's coming up, what are some of the things that you're doing, Carol, to prepare for that speech? Well, there are two things, really, in terms of handling the potential nerves. One is you really communicate well with the person on the ground there, the meeting planner, the host, whoever, and you get all those logistics nailed down and taken care of. The last thing you want is to have logistics go wrong at the last minute, to not have your, your side clicker, to not have a particular kind of cord that t attaches you to their projection equipment. Depending on how big or small the venue is, the bigger venues have the more experienced staff, you're less likely to have problems. The smaller venues, you may be somewhat on your own making it work. So get the logistics right. That will uh, reduce a lot of nervousness. The second thing is I, I, I walk around my house. This may be embarrassing in public, Robert. I walk, <laughs> I walk around my house practicing my talk. I drive down I-40 practicing my talk. And I found the most important thing to practice that reduces nervousness is you identify those transition points and you practice those. You do a few sentences at the end of one piece, you say the transition statement, and then you say a few sentences of the next one. And I actually highlight the transition pieces in bold on the page as I'm working for a page. I went to my first keynotes at conference were January a year ago. I spoke at a college leadership and fraternal organization event, national event, and I, for the first time in my life, twice, because I had two different papers accepted, I spoke without a single note card or piece of paper in my hand for a solid hour, and I did it two days in a row, two different talks. I'd never done that before, but what makes that possible is doing the note cards or the pieces, actually I use pieces of paper with bold for my transitions. 
is doing that over and over and over again. Adults don't like to hear, and I know because I'm an adult teacher, adults don't like to hear the word practice. They think athletes are the only people who have to practice. But higher level activities by professional adults need practice too. So going around saying it, doing it over and over and over again out loud, it's not good enough to just do it in your head. Do it out loud over and over and over again. I am not naturally gifted at memorization. So this, this helps me overcome that. Just doing it over and over and focus on those transitions. Fabulous. One of the metrics I had heard, I'm curious if you buy into, and that's that you need about an hour of presentation for every minute you're going to speak. Do you think that there's some realistic uh, <laughs> attributes to that? I, I may have to mull that, Robert, but I will say I started out in my professional world doing, doing speaking on my feet for seven hours a day because I was doing adult training. And I was asked to do, and this started in, oh gosh, I guess it was 2009. Someone asked me to do an hour-long presentation for a job seekers group. It was, you know, it was it was my community service kind of work. Mm -hmm. You know, my pro bono work. I've mm -hmm. been doing it for seven years now. And I called Alan Hoffler of Millswick Communications in a panic and said, uh, Alan, I don't have a one, uh, a one hour presentation. He said, yes, you do, Carol. You have a 15 minute presentation. You have a 30 minute presentation. You have a 45 minute one, an hour one, a 90 minute, a two hour. Are you getting the point, Carol? <laughs> I said, point taken, Alan. <laughs> so I looked in my materials and I found something that I believed I could be useful to them. The worst thing you can do in one hour is try to shrink everything down and just do a data dump on them. That's useless. Mm -hmm. So I, I will look in my material. I will find something that I can do something useful and people can walk out of the room and something can be different about their lives because they heard me for that hour. So there may be some truth. I've got like three days worth of trainings and all of that is fodder for me when I have to do a one hour keynote. So you may have taught me something here, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I, I love the approach that you've taken to that. That's, um, that's pretty neat. So if you step back in this period of time that you've been speaking, Carol, um, are there others that you've modeled your style after, or is there a speaker that you admire out there? Oh, the, uh, there are too many speakers I admire to name, but I will say this. I think my style is what it is. I'm passionate about my topic, and I'm very earnest in that I want to help people communicate better, understand differences in people so that their days are less painful at work and more productive and their relationships are more joyful. So that really is my speaking style. I'm just passionate about what I do. I will say studying with Alan Hoffler took me from the level of someone who just had a good heart and was passionate to someone who could use good speaking practices and elevated the level tremendously of the quality of how I could deliver that message. Um, not my style so much as the finer points, not saying, um, making eye contact with people. Alan just, he's my mentor for, for this lifetime for speaking. Fabulous. Well, you've given him real kudos here. I'm sure he <laughs> appreciates that. So of all the things you've learned there, is there one key thing that you would recommend to speakers that you'd like to share? Really believe in and be passionate about whatever messages you go out there in, really believing in it, seeing the importance of it, and wanting to be of genuine help to other people. 
is what will get people to respond to you well and to be engaged with you. If you come across too slick, one of the things I can't stand about speakers is someone who's too slick. I'm not talking about good professional style. I'm talking about a slickness, like they're trying to pull one over on you. If you come across as trying to get one over on people or try to sell something that's not to their highest good, I think people can smell that a mile away. Oh, gosh, here I am mixing metaphors, Robert. My English <laughs> teachers are turning over in their grave. But being genuine and believing in it and really sharing something with people that is going to be of help and service to them. That is what I think is compelling about a speaker and gets people to accept you and be willing to listen to you. Carol, that's brilliant. And having heard you speak, you're absolutely one of the genuine ones. So (laughs) thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. And as I like to say to all our speakers, see you on the stage. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Robert, for including me. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about why you need to keep a log of stories. Ask any listener what makes a great speaker, and it won't take long to get to the best answer. Well, there's lots of right answers, but only one best answer. Stories! Everyone knows you need to tell them, but many speakers fall into the trap of thinking that their best story is all they need. Your best, sometimes called your signature story, is certainly your ticket to the big stage. But your ability to weave short, common, and new stories is what will keep you on the stage. That's why every professional speaker should keep a log of the stories they experience, witness, or hear. Log enough of the story to jog your memory, like airport story when we were dating, and what points you can draw from that story the importance of clear communication, or the power of assumptions. Then, when you are struggling for content, you can search your index for great material, and it makes you a sharper observer as well. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. We all love a good story, especially memorable ones, like the speaker I met who had a broken leg. He was presenting in front of 1,200 people, and as he started a short video, backed up out of the way and fell off the stage. Ouch. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Kevin Snyder, a professional speaker, author, and speaker coach who's also a skydiver, pianist, and karaoke enthusiast. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to keyfivepodcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to keyfivepodcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to keyfivepodcast.com. Thank you.